Good evening, Josh. Jennifer, cover your ears. Okay. Uh, so welcome <laughs> to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ned. It's after 5 o'clock, so you can't judge me. Uh, we, are, uh, we are back to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled The Untitled Rachel Berry Project, the season five finale. Ladies and gentlemen, we have survived season five, and I'd just like to point out... Just in case you didn't think this was the longest season in the history of television ever, the first episode of this season were, was a two-part Beatles sequence. Two episodes of all Beatles music. Yeah, I, but, but, but that feels it, like a million years ago. But this episode... But episode count, it's actually less than any other season of Glee. Am I correct? Yeah, so we only the- had 20 episodes this season. Yeah, That's they, correct. Yeah, I remember yeah. the cutout. Cut and we'll talk about a little about that as we dis- discuss the episode. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's only 20 episodes this season. And yet between breaks and trauma and then reinventing the show almost twice over the course of the season, um, it was... It's really felt like a long season. It's felt like we've been here a long time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess right off the top, before we even talk about this episode, um, let's go around the room. I mean, what did you guys think of season five? Like, what are you, what are you right now, having just wrapped season five, just finished? Ed, what are your takeaways from season five? Oh. Uh, <laughs> mm, you know, because I didn't think of it. At, I mean, I knew it was a finale, but it didn't. It didn't feel like a finale enough for me to even like think about it as I was watching it. Um, I guess I'm gonna say that it 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 makes me nervous for the future. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a that's a that's a glowing compliment. Like, what there do you mean by nervous, though? Like, nervous about what? The direction of the show like, or the style? I'm nervous that. That like, I'm concerned that whatever good legacy Glee may have, and I'll even say some of these episodes in the back nine of this of this season have been solid. But I just don't want. I'm just nervous about the legacy. Like I want, I want, I want when Glee is all said and done, and people talk about it like in 20 years, be like, you know, that was a decent show. And I'm nervous that they are in the position of putting that in jeopardy. And I still think they could still say that right now. I, I mean, that's an interesting point. When you think about the legacy of Glee, um, yeah, I, I, I like it's funny because it's another Ryan Murphy show. But the first show that comes to mind for me is Nip Tuck, which like by the third season of Nip Tuck, when they got into like the serial killer 
uh, see the serial killer season, I just kind of had no idea what the legacy of this show was going to be. And they kind of spent the rest of the show trying to recover from that one way or another. It was like, how do we pull this pull? How do we make people give a crap about this show again? Um, after they'd lost so many people, I don't know that season five of glee is the season that made people lose faith in the show. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 a very good in, that's a very no, interesting no, observation. Well, what I'm saying what I'm saying is it's season five had enough highs that even when when it's compressed down to speed viewing, which is probably how it will be experienced in the future, mm-hmm. that that you will come out of season five like, oh, that was a pleasurable experience. I'm afraid that next season won't even have that. Interesting. I, interesting. Which I yeah. Jennifer, season five. Uh, season five, interesting season. Um, give them credit for trying different things. I mean, in a way, it made it kind of different things. Yeah, I mean, they tried a lot of different things. In in some ways, it made it very schizophrenic, but it was still. Um, you write it. There were some really solid, enjoyable moments in this at this season. Um, so I, I give them credit for trying different things to see what's going to work to see what sticks what what you know people are connecting with um uh, you know i mean it's pretty clear from the you know the the way they left things that you know it's going to be an la centric year mm-hmm. um because they realized you can't do two different cities because that didn't work with lima and new york i mean maybe new york and la will work i don't know but um yeah, I um, you know, I give him, I give him credit for trying. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I my first thoughts on season five, like just looking back at him, the first thing that strikes to me is that this was kind of, it, in a way, this was like, the, the, this isn't a perfect metaphor, but the first thing that comes to mind is trying to fix a crashing plane, like hmm. coming into season five this show was kind of nosediving. Like, it had some bright moments in season four, but I really kind of started off season five being like, okay, here we go again. Like, we, we've we been kind of on a downward spiral for, for a while, and we're going into season five trying to, you know... Um, trying to figure out what it's, you know... or This is the season where you have the choice. You have to fix it. And then what, a month before the season starts or a month before shooting even, Cory Monteith dies. And so now, not only not only are we trying to fix the plane that is crashing, but it's kind of like got all this momentum behind it. Like, in a way, you could say, you know, Cory Monteith dies, so the show decides, okay, all bets are off. Now we, can, we just have to start from scratch and figure out what the show is going to be. But they really didn't do that until, well, almost halfway into the season, where they finally... Yeah, they, were, they, were, they were still trying to hold on to the season. That exactly. They ultimately, didn't commit enough to to keep exactly exactly so yeah like the first half of season five was really trying to 
fix the plane that's crashing and then about halfway through season, through season five just being like let's just jump on they, a different plane they, they jumped off onto the parachute the yeah the parachute <laughs> and yeah. just tried something else entirely on the what like it, it's kind of hard because you know that they, they they took so much baggage with them and i think that was the struggle was i feel season five was a show kind of just in flux like not i i don't think glee has any idea what it's what it is anymore and and it's really a show about finding yourself and glee has really spent season five not even trying to find itself just unsure what it is yeah i mean it's certainly not about underdogs you know scrapping their way to the top Mm -hmm. anymore because they've done that oh and look now they're going to continue to see succeed even further you know yeah, totally. I mean, it, it felt like a lot like, of oh, hmm. a lot of this season was just trying to keep their heads above water. Yeah. I mean, it was just like there were weeks I remember, like early in season five, there are episodes where if you go back and remember, try to remember that episode, I'm like, this is a show that's just trying to keep something on the air from week to week, like yeah. just trying not to self-destruct. And, and so it did seem to find its, you know, it kind of found its footing once it made the full move to New York. And it certainly found a, a, a bit more of its voice. I think if nothing else, the second half, even though I didn't love it, uh, it did feel a lot it, more it like consistent. Glee again. Yeah, it was yeah. consistent. And yeah. it wasn't just a show that was fighting to figure out what it was. Yeah. Um, just fighting to make sure that every time you tune in, there's an actual episode yeah. for you to watch. Well, the other thing, too, it's like in the the first half when they were splitting their time between Lima and New York, I just felt like they weren't doing either of those cities or those, you know, either cast or storylines any service. Mm-hmm. It was like they couldn't fully commit to or the... It's like unfortunately, I don't. I think I don't think if they had stayed in Lima that it it would have, it probably would have ended after the season because I just people didn't connect with the new cast. Mm-hmm. But um, I just felt like, yeah, maybe it needed to happen sooner. You know. Well, okay. Focus well, on I them. know this is a hypothetical. That's probably a stupid hypothetical. But had had we just let New York adrift, like actually mm-hmm. actually let it go. And we didn't split any time, not even like, like New York was a side dish for a long time, but it had New York not even been a side dish. And all we had was the 2.0s. And then they were, <laughs> therefore, therefore would have to create more interesting 2.0 problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, after a while, they weren't doing either. Could it have worked? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, and maybe, maybe, it, maybe it would have taken, you know, more screen time and, and, and you know, dedicated storylines that were less more than just fillers i mean that's the thing i was like i really think like them splitting their efforts and their energies kind of did both a disservice so yeah so it has been i think it has been better since we've been back in new york but you know it's not without some problems yeah i mean it's still it feels like a show that just doesn't know what it is anymore uh there there's moments where like yeah it's no longer the show about underdogs that are going to succeed by being by the sheer force of being themselves and Mm -hmm. having faith in themselves it's no longer a show about these kind of awkward quirky characters that don't belong but find a place with any, you know, among it, themselves it, 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 to belong. Oh, about it's a show about successful people being successful. It really being is more successful. Now. Yeah, and and, mm-hmm. and so in a way, it's like 
the show, like what we have now, like the the version of Glee that we have now, even once it went to New York, it was kind of like, okay, at least at least it's a TV show. Like, I know that sounds silly, but once we went to New York full, full time, I said, oh, okay, at least now it feels like an actual TV show and not this weird camel of amalgamated pieces mm-hmm. that are all going to pay off someday. Like, so much of the first half of the season, and quite frankly, a lot of the second half of season four was just kind of like, I know this isn't working, but it's going to be amazing in three seasons when Rachel comes home and reunites with Finn and it'll and, and and it'll be incredible. So just stick with us a little while longer. So at least it felt like more directional. Um, the other interesting thing about the second half of season five is that they covered so much career ground where you think of like over the course of all of season one, we went to sectionals and then regionals. That's all of season one was building up to two competitions. Mm-hmm. And the second half of season five has consisted of Rachel getting a Broadway show and then losing a Broadway show or almost losing it and then getting wow. it back. And then, you know, uh, uh, albums and and modeling contracts. Yeah. And Santana went through like seven jobs. So in a way, it's kind of, I think that's been part of the whiplash of the second mm-hmm. half of season five is just how much they, uh, like really dramatic life changes have taken place with very little fanfare from week to week. And, and you know, it's been hard to f- kind of find our consistent people, people well, coming we, and going. What's, what's and sad, like I said that the back half of season five has been more consistent, but still episode to episode, we don't know who's going to even be in it. Like even <laughs> yeah. even to the point where sometimes Rachel vanishes. Yeah. Like that, that is, that is how inconsistent, but yet I would still call it the consistent piece of season five. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they did have a lot of catching up to do chronologically. I think right now we're finally in, you know, in present their day. lives. They yeah, finally caught day. up to May of 2014. That's, true. That's very So, true. I mean, I understand. And, and I didn't have a problem with them, you know, taking the break and then calling it a six-month leap. I yeah, really didn't. didn't. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. We're good. You know, just, just keep things going. Um, and it, the thing is they're going to make these, you know, these leaps anyhow. So at least if they can justify it with a time frame, yeah, I, I I'll be good with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I get, yeah, I definitely get the, ang- it just, it would f- be nice if it felt more premeditated and less reactionary. Yeah. But again, like this has been like, that's if you that's the word to describe this season is reactionary this entire season has been a reaction to Corey Monteith dying actors getting albums and wanting to go do other things you know uh uh maybe some on-screen off-screen fights and then failing ratings exactly um it's really this really has been a season of dealing with the elements Mm -hmm. from a creative standpoint and the show on the one hand has suffered and on the other hand you know they've been able to eke out some interesting stuff so yeah it's it's a bit of a it was a bit of a tough one uh but uh but we'll see how we feel about season five when season six rolls around and either makes it look good (laughs) or horrible uh jennifer i will turn it over to you as we dive into the untitled rachel berry project jennifer Mm -hmm. what did you think of the episode I was a bit underwhelmed. Um, I just, it, it didn't, like you said, Ed, it didn't feel like a finale. 
I mean, they kept telling us it was because everybody was getting everything that they wanted and then they were done with it and ready to move on to the next thing. It was almost a show finale. Like, it was almost a series finale at times. There, I wouldn't know. I I almost think it would have been more satisfying as a a series finale. Yeah. In some capacity. Yeah. Everyone's just so so damn happy. And everybody was okay (laughs) with everything that happened, regardless. And, you know, I mean, and yes, it was all positive stuff. It's like, yay, Mercedes has her her cross-country mall tour. Yay, Sam was on a bus. Yay, Rachel, you know is at the the height of her career on Broadway is going to get a TV show. Quit and, it. Give, it, give it away. Yay. Give it away for a failed pilot. Yeah. yeah. That's what she's, that's what she's doing. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Sam had a five minute fallout from lying to his fiance. You know how long only it took t- Idina Menzel to have a billboard number one album. <laughs> Girl, stay on Broadway. <laughs> yeah it is funny if you like if you're a theater geek the number of giant theater stars that left broadway to go do a series and then ended up going back to broadway <laughs> like uh-huh. it's it, it's a pretty long list yeah but anyway yes i apologize we oh no 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 that's okay and then um yeah and then you know blaine don't, don't even think he tried out for Niata, but obviously made it into Niata and then <laughs> became a hit at Niata and then ended obviously up becoming the pet project of this, you know, uh, uh, you know, artistically connected socialite. And even though she he crossed her, you know, it worked out like everything worked out <laughs> and which is fine. And even, you know, Sam and Mercedes had like the most Happy breakup ever. <laughs> my God, I wish all my breaks, breakups went like that. Yeah. Ed, uh, the Untitled Rachel Berry Project. What'd you think? Um, It was good. I, it was good. There is one thing that was on the precipice of happening that didn't happen that would have made me really have liked it. I know. It, I don't know if it was good as a finale, but it was a really good episode. Yeah, like, I, I, there were parts that I was like, oh, yeah, this is like a good filler episode. Like, feel, honestly, this, it was it was a filler episode. This, that just happened to be a finale. Right. Like this honestly felt like all the buildup and all the stuff before the finale, like the finale episode. I feel like, you know, like can't say I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was like, I really feel like I want to see another show. Like I want to yeah. see one more episode, and then we can call it done. Okay, true, true, true or false? What was the was the season four finale when Marley passed out to Gang of Style? Uh, that sounds correct. Because that would have been no. That wasn't. Was that season four? Or was that yeah? That was season four. Because then they well, lost. That was season four finale. That's when and they, they had to lost dig themselves out. Season about... five. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's when they lost. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, wow, there's that no feels cliffhanger. Like so long ago. No cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- well, that's why you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe something. Maybe. Maybe they don't continue. There's a chance. I mean, there's no reason. Fox does not have to bring them back. Like, yeah. yes, we know that they were renewed for two more years, but Fox does not have to bring them back, and they can bring them back in a you know, in a subtracted season or uh, a shorter well, I'm very, season. I'm very confused that with the ratings it's having. Why is it getting uh, an extended season? Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. Well, Fox doesn't have a lot of. Well, anyway, uh, we don't do a lot of uh, industry talk on this particular podcast. Well, the why, short why version not, is why, why shouldn't we? The why, short why, version why? is Fox doesn't have a lot of other shows that appeal to this age group, 
and so it really needs. But, but the like, question is, is, that's what is this, is this show successfully reaching its age group? No, but it's cheaper than bringing. Well, it's it's not cheaper than bringing a new show, but it's easier than bringing in a new show that may fail dismally. So it's always safer to keep something on, even if it's limping and boring. I mean, look at the last what three years of Two and a Half Men. Oh my! Like it's always safer to keep something on. What? What if next season really isn't? A season of Glee. It's really the first season of the Untitled Rachel Project. <laughs> it's just. It's like it's just Leah Michelle's new show. We're just going to be watching the Leah Michelle or the Rachel Berry sitcom. <laughs> and they'll, well, they'll be Bam yeah. or Pam. No. Blam. No. Well, what was Sam's name in the in the script? Oh, it was. In in. Oh, that's right. I think it was Pam. I don't remember. Dam. I think it was Dam. Slain. 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 Well, it's kind of like uh, Saint Elmo's Fire, and where where it was all in the in the head of the autistic child, right? Uh, that was, that oh was, my god, that's hysterical! That was Saint Elsewhere. That was Saint Elsewhere oh. <laughs> and Saint Elmo's Fire. I was like, I was like, wow, that would be hysterical if Saint Elmo's Fire was all in like the mind of Demi Moore's character. We're all She's gonna find that out room. that this is in <laughs> Becky's head. Like the entire oh series has been in no, Becky's no, head. But, no, but the entire the entirety of Glee. No, Ryan but Murphy the thing knew is, all along that this was for the Rachel Berry show. <laughs> this, this is the plan. The, Honestly, I think I might watch the Rachel That's Berry hilarious. show. Hilarious. I but we already do watch the Rachel Berry show. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's what we're watching now. That's what's so funny is like, okay, so we're gonna go to Los Angeles and we're gonna follow Rachel Berry, and, and she's gonna get a TV show which is about her life, which is just gonna be Glee, effectively. Like because uh, unless they do it with young kids, and all of next season is like set in a, in a faux high school, it's, it's just, this is just so not what I. Want. I have no desire to see these kids in Los Angeles in the movie industry, the movie and television industry. Like, there are a few things that I care less about than that particular plot line. But here we are. Uh, I would say just uh, to weigh in on my side. Jam and Jam, that's what it was, Jam. Thanks, Kay. (laughs) Uh, Just to weigh in on this particular episode, I felt similarly to Jennifer. Um, This was a filler episode that just happened to be the end of the season. Um, I was really, it just was, it was just bad. I I mean, there were funny things about it and there were some interesting moments, but the details in this episode were really frustrating. And, uh, you know, the fact that Santana wasn't there in a finale episode, I mean, she, if this was a regular episode, she wouldn't have been wildly lacking. But because Brittany's there, which I felt was kind of, we can't get Santana around, or we can't get Naya Rivera in the episode, yeah. so we'll get Heather Morris because she's available and totally lost the baby weight. Um, and I, know, I was like, damn, girl. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, Whoa. Uh, and, and this just was not interesting. Like yeah. it, This was not interesting to me. People in the chat room have been talking about how... Um, uh, how it, at the very end of it, at the very end of the the episode, Rachel looks at the camera. I didn't even notice that. I like, didn't. I, I didn't, didn't catch that. I, I must Ooh. have left the room. I was so bored by the Pompeii number. So like, maybe I'm right. Maybe, maybe, all, maybe we are going to watch a different sitcom next time yeah, next year. I got to watch this episode another time just to see yeah. if that was right. See, um, I kind of I, I have to turn off Pompeii because it's a song I'm doing. Uh, it's one of the songs I'm doing for vocals, and I'm just like. 
So sick of Pompeii. <laughs> I, li- I liked it. I really liked it. But now that I've been working on the song for months, I'm like, ugh. Honestly, <laughs> I was kind of... I thought it was fun. It wasn't the, you know, big, you know, group stage number that we're used to getting as our send off, but it was in in effect, you know, a group number mm-hmm. that was kind of fun and you know, it, it sort of it, it it set the you know, it set people up for, you know, where we imagine they'll be and so seriously, was Sam back at McKinley? Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, so let's dive in a little bit, and we'll talk about the individual plot lines as, okay. we, as we do. Okay. Um, and then we'll talk about the end and as try to do. figure out what we can do about the <laughs> end. Uh, we are 24 minutes into this episode, and we've actually yet to really get into things. Uh, but I guess we have really been getting yeah. into things just kind of well, that, in its way. We're yeah. doing it in, in our, our way. new way. Exactly. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. I think that's one of the other things about this episode is, you know, usually we go kind of plot line by plot line. Right. It's not the type of show like like on Intro to X, the X Files podcast, where they just kind of they talk through the episode from yeah, event you have to, to do event. a chron- chrono- like chronologically. Yeah, chronologically. In this one, you have to like take out each individual plot line. But in yeah. this particular episode, the individual plot lines were. I don't know. Well, we'll talk. Yeah, let's take a minute real quick, and we'll listen to "Shaking My Head." This is the. Um, uh, this I is the Mercedes the Jones single. I can't yeah, believe the, she picked. I can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, so here's a bit of shaking my head performed by. Uh, I, I love. Mercedes I love Jones. how they just wrote her out. They're like. They're like, <laughs> Mercedes. We brought you back. We don't yeah, really want you. They're out. But th- but, th- but thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for coming. Uh, here's shaking my Have head on the, the Gleeful mall. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's go to the mall, everybody. There's something about this song that I feel like if it was if this was like 2001, it'd be a huge hit. There's something that feels weirdly dated about it. Uh, but yes, know. it is kind of catchy. I yeah. like it. Uh, so as far as original songs go, <laughs> this one I actually enjoyed. That's a very good point. This, this doesn't feel probably like the a best Glee original. It feels right. It feels like you know. It, fe- it feels like a you know manufactured radio hit yeah. type of song. It I like th- it better than some of Leah Michelle's. <laughs> Certainly that. Well, I know. I, well, well like, oh. I mean, Cannonball kind of fell. I like a wrecking ball. Or can- <laughs> I don't know. Like it just like reminded me. Like a cannonball. Like a cannonball. Like a cannonball. Uh, Ed, what were your thoughts on Shaking My Head? I do like, I, I like SMH. It's a good time. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's it's Hashtag better than SMH. it's better than uh, colorblind, and I think it's yes. like a, it's, oh, like yeah. a, it's like the catchy version of colorblind. <laughs> it's kind of how I yeah, see thematically, it. Yeah, thematically, I get it. So in this episode, uh, well, Sam Sadie's broke up. 
Sam and, Sam and Mercedes were having some issues because Sam got a modeling contract and Mercedes, uh, or I guess he had the modeling contract. He just had an opportunity to be in a bus. And Mercedes is going on tour and was worried about leaving him behind. And the whole thing really came down to, um, I'm breaking up with you so that you can go bang chicks. Because if you don't bang chicks, I'm going to feel bad. And from Sam's perspective, well, and Sam's perspective perspective was, this is a sacrifice I want to make and I want to be with you. Yeah, yeah. This plotline to me was like so off the wall. The thing that kills me about this plotline is they talked about sex the way Jennifer and I talk about like donuts for breakfast. Because the whole timbre of no, the conversation. Josh t- no, Josh has a, that's actually Josh has a glimmer fun. in his eyes <laughs> and, a, and a smile on his face like a child when he talks about donuts. I mean, <laughs> Josh has more excitement talking about donuts than they do talking about sex. The, the, and that's the thing. Like, it was so but, automatic. But like, it's them. It's so clinical. There's no... Because there's no chemistry and you never really bought them as... Yes, I buy them as very good friends, but I never got any sort of connection. And, you know, it's like I did in the beginning when they went to prom together and they were kind of flirty and behind the scenes, but not since then. And it's just I feel like this was just such a, a, a cheap way to, you know, make certain things happen in in the group. And yeah, it was very. Yeah, so it was very clinical to break up. It was it, the whole thing. And like the way they I don't know, there was like no they were not they were talking about sex as if like it was like it's a meal like just something that you have to do to get through the day as opposed to like any kind of you know and she kept saying like uh you know i i don't know when i'm going to be ready like i might not even be ready until i'm 30 it's like this is like you're you're talking about sex you're not talking about like a colonoscopy like this is this is it, you don't put it in your calendar it yeah. is it's so strange and then you had to break up because it's like i don't want to hold you back from banging a bunch of chicks like it didn't make any sense to me at all maybe a couple with more chemistry might have been able to yeah. sell some version of this plot line but it felt <laughs> So silly. It, you're you're living in fan fiction land, like, yeah, I, right? Well, I mean, honestly, when you think about, you know, and, and I know I didn't, I don't, I don't know how I felt about it at the time, but it's like think back to when you know Finn's putting Rachel on the train, and he's like, "I love you so much. You're going to New York, and you're going to fulfill your dreams, and that's it." And seeing the heartbreak in both of them was just so palpable. And and with this, it was kind of almost like. It was almost like they were waiting for each other to initiate the breakup so that they could feel better about leaving and doing their own thing. It's yeah, kind totally. of one of those things where it's like, well, if it it makes you feel better. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to break up, then I guess I got a photographer to call. <laughs> well, they, after they break up, I totally was picturing like a Marshall and Lily like high slap, like a clap you know like they would do this random high five <laughs> over their heads like, like yeah and we're broken up we did Boom. that like it was so goofy yeah uh, yeah and it, it just felt false like to me it just felt false top to bottom yeah. uh the whole thing with the photographer was kind of comedic because jennifer had the point of like here's this photographer who says all right i got six guys here i want you to turn me on here's a bunch of chicks to grind on you and then walks away <laughs> And then they play girls in film, and then it's all girls grinding. And I'm like, wait a second. 
I was supposed to see guys yeah, turning me absurd. on. They should be. This is my time. So it was like, I it's want you like, to turn me on by standing there and having girls grind on you. Because Sam never moved. He just like held on to a ladder. Yeah. And then he sat down. Laid on a sofa. But no, I was like, seriously, come on. You guys got, you know, you, you got the unholy trinity back in their little, you know, bras and skimpy skirts. And I'm like, come on. It's going to do something fun for the ladies here. And some the of the ladies. men, you know. <laughs> it's like, why not have the guys really work it? But I was just like, this is so confusing. It was absurd. So, yeah. So, so the past couple of episodes I've enjoyed so much, things like that wouldn't have bothered me. That's true. Because there was nothing keeping my interest. I'm like, I'm going to poke holes in this. Well, and if the episode had ended with... Sam and Mercedes like if they've already committed so much to Sam and Mercedes so it needed to continue like it needed to be Sam and be like I kiss this girl and I feel really bad about it and Mercedes is like okay I forgive you but I'm going away and now what am what are we going to do like let's sweat this crap out for a little bit and try to figure out what we're going to do before we just say you know what screw it go bang a bunch of chicks I'm, I'm breaking up with you while I go to her malls I guess because yeah. you know b- b- because who tours malls? Oh, and seriously, no one has toured a mall since Robin Sparkles. Like that's the la- and that's my second How I Met Your Mother reference. Nice. No one has toured a mall since Tiffany. And here's the thing: if you look at videos of Tiffany touring malls, there is no band. It is Tiffany on like a ten foot by five foot stage riser, yeah, in a in an awesome sweatshirt and stonewashed jeans. And a million kids and one creepy guy, but a million kids at the mall. And this was giant stage, huge, stage. <laughs> huge stage, D- tons of dancers, lights. full band, and like twelve people in the audience that knew all the words to a song I've never heard. Of. An interesting story, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I did have an encounter with Tiffany once, and she called me a rocket scientist. She did. That was kind of cool. She did. It's a good story. That, yeah. What, what do you think that no one tours malls anymore? That isn't a hundred percent true. Who tour, do people still tour malls? The, the outdoor okay, mall well, in L.A., the Grove. Oh, that's right. Charisse it, played at the Cabazon. Um, <laughs> they do plain white tees. Uh, right. This they already like must they must have already booked the mall tour because uh, Hey There Delilah just blew up. <laughs> so so they were they were on they they came to Lafayette, Indiana, and they and like of course it was like destroyed because they were actually like a legitimate band yeah name recognition at the time they were probably like regretting that decision they probably like signed <laughs> some kind of deal that they couldn't get out of it because they probably could have actually sold out things but instead they were already c- committed to this mall tour <laughs> and, that, they gave, and they were as big as they were ever going to be <laughs> on that mall tour. i know i was like all four plain white shoes but do you think like when they came out when they came out did the lead singer be like hey you guys are at the mall if you swing by Sears, maybe you can pick out a package of plain white teas, and then they'd burst into wow. "Hey There, Delilah." And- that would be. I, I hope that didn't happen. I always me. love when a big, loud rock band like their one hit is the quiet song, so they come out and do all these big, loud rock songs. It was like it was like when uh, when the Goo Goo Dolls were famous for name, and they would come out and do all these loud punk songs, then be like, "Hey, I'm gonna stand here real quick and do the one guitar ballad you all want to hear, and then we'll play the loud rock songs." That you not don't care about. not Iris. <laughs> I, isn't Iris? I would have think. Iris came Iris. way lighter. Yeah, like they were way more famous off of uh, off of name oh my gosh 
All right. I suppose. I suppose. Yes. I mean, I'm not defending the Goo Goo Dolls. Ed? I mean, I like I like some of their stuff. Better Days is a fantastic <laughs> Christmas song. It makes me cry sometimes. Aww. Oh, there you go. I like I like we'll I like things that make me cry. Just, <laughs> I, I I don't just like like I figured out for me. I I like things that make me if it makes you both laugh and cry, it pretty much wins my heart. Aww, there you go. That's adorable. Uh, that's that's like delete. <laughs> so like every episode of Scrubs more? up until season six, five, Aww. five. Lily and Marshall five. Uh, let's take a listen. I should to... practice my other hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's take a listen to No Time at All. Uh, this is, of course, Darren Chris and Shirley MacLaine. You know, you got to give props for a bunch of 12-year-old girls sitting at home right now watching Shirley MacLaine. That is kind yeah. of awesome. Uh, this is Darren Chris and Shirley MacLaine here on the Gleeful Podcast. Stop trying to wait for fortune and fate you're secure of. For there's one thing to be sure of, mate. There's nothing Sorry, I'm just, I just want to let that one run. That song's amazing. That song's from Piven. Uh, Steven Schwartz wrote that one. Um, and uh, But yes, this is uh, Darren Chris. So the plot in this episode was, was uh, Blaine finally confessed to Kurt that he was not going to be in the showcase that Kurt never thought he was going to be in in the first place and that uh, Blaine lied about for reasons unknown to the audience. Uh because he then, didn't want to hurt his feelings, and Kurt but, but, even gave but, but, him the but, nicest and, out. When, when, when Kurt told him last episode <laughs> that <laughs> that he, Kurt had no expectations, right? And but yeah, totally. And and Kurt was so nice to give him the nicest out. He's like, yeah, I'm mad at you, but I guess the way I was talking about it, of course, you know, you lied to me. I would have lied to me. That's not true. I'm like, That's no, not true. no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. It was that that scene on the stoop where me. they talked it out. No, the, the what the interesting thing is like. Um, this is one of those episodes where everything plays out in three scenes. So there's the scene where Blaine tells Kurt he's not going to be in the showcase and Kurt freaks out. The scene where they make up, and then the scene where Blaine invites Kurt up for. The, uh, for the for the duet, like everything is real easy to follow. Yeah. Uh, in the first one, Kurt is insane. Like he fly, he goes from zero to sixty in about <laughs> one line, where he says, "Hey, uh, you're not going to be in the showcase. I'm really sorry. I tried really hard. You're not going to be in the showcase, but June doesn't want you in the showcase. You are the worst fiance in the world." And storming and shouting and throwing things. He does. He throws things, right? He knocks the he knocks a bag off the piano for no reason. I don't know if I was watching it. Then anymore. the next the next scene, they have a conversation on the stoop. So we go from a scene that's absolutely absurd. Conversation on the stoop I thought was kind of sweet. Like it was it sweet. was a neat little it- 
I, I liked the conversation on the stoop. I thought that was sweet. It was, it was sweet. But again, <laughs> I just feel like, you know, he shouldn't have been let off the hook that easy. No. I mean, because it was an unnecessary lie. And the thing is, it's like, it's one of those scary small lies. It's sort of like, okay, if you don't think you can be honest to me about this. Yeah. What the hell are you going to hide from me in the future? Well, and, and like, <laughs> like a, maybe I was saying that it's a married person, but a, a I, non, that would scare me. A better, like, non clane sequence of events would have been, you know, Kurt is like furious. Blaine tries to make it up in the second scene because apparently we only have three. Uh, Blaine tries to make it up in the second scene, and Kurt is like, no, you lied to me. Like, you don't just get to apologize your way out of this. And then Blaine invites him up for the encore essentially saying i'd i'd rather be successful with this person than be or i'd rather be unsuccessful with you than Mm -hmm. successful without you and then we go oh okay you put it all on the line for your man and that's fantastic and we would forgive blaine but instead blaine gets an out like kurt just gives him an out kurt's almost like well it was Kind of my fault, I guess, the way I was yeah, talking he about does, it. He totally did that. So, okay, so it is starting to concern me that some people that are likening this to, you know, an abusive relationship, and that is kind of a battered, win- battered woman syndrome um, line, you know, that's a little concerning. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had issue from with him lying about wait, this wait, from the don't beginning. don't fuel Sonia. You're going to give Sonia all kinds of fuel. <laughs> I'm just saying that, well it, there's no there's no right or wrong there's no it's not one or the other yeah. but there are shades of this and and I do agree like in this particular case I absolutely agree this was a preventable lie <laughs> it was from the beginning from the beginning and if he's not you know strong enough to be honest for the little things I just, it does. It would scare me as, you know, a potential life partner, you know, well, as this, potential this, spouse. This is, what, this is what this is kind of what I was talking about when I said I, I, I wanted when they're on the stoop. I wanted Kurt to be like, you are you are not ready for a relationship. You are not. And yeah. And, yeah. and that's what that's what that's what that was a conversation that needed to happen. And it's not the conversation we had. Yeah. No, no, we just got yet another like Kurt is perfect and he's going to forgive Blaine everything and it's not a big deal. Um, or, it's funny or, what what yeah. you said there, Ed, though, is you said the conversation on the stoop and I heard the conversation on the soup and I was like, when were Darren Chris and Chris Colfer on the soup? Yeah, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> that'd be a fun episode of the soup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one just, it did not ring true for me. It was, it was like... I guess that's not true. Like, it did ring true for me, and I thought that what Blaine did when he brought him up for the encore was sweet. And yeah. then, you know, the the fact that June, like, oh, I'm so angry. Oh, you're winning me over with your love. Like, whatever. Well, uh, no. well, I it's mean, glee. Like, I'm going to let you have that one. I do respect that what she said was, you know, I, it, you know, I, when she's like, I'm, I'm hardly ever proven wrong. So, yeah. you know, I mean, like, at least she got it. 
And, and that the audience loved it. What I liked yeah. is we always say, or I always say, you have to tell us the audience. Mm-hmm. We have to tell you have you, the show yeah. has to tell us the viewers why someone is succeeding in this case. And in that case, Blaine got everyone up to dance with him and really proved his star power and did that by using Kurt. Uh, by using Kurt's value, so in that way, it totally it, 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 they did. American they just Boy w- was an odd song selection. Now, it was a super. I, 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 I want I to talk about song selection. I felt like this episode, <laughs> after after trudging through '80s week like multiple times and trudging through uh, like musicals by some person that I don't know that probably is dead, and now comes the pop episode that Ed has been waiting for. And <laughs> He's then not I dead, find myself, I find myself like <laughs> uh, glitter in the air is like my like down there on my pink song list. And I'm like, I, I, I live in a post Pompeii society. I listen to it too much. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I was like, Oh, this is, this is the pop episode I've been waiting for. And it's been, and it was like a real snooze fest for that. And American boy was such an odd selection. I was like, Oh, like it's, it's, I admit it's kind of clever to have a male in the Estelle role mm-hmm. that, that is successful. What is not successful is I felt like they need to not to say that Kurt can't hit the notes, but I do not find it pleasurable of hearing Kurt in that key for such a sustained time. And I would prefer who's in a lower key. Yeah, and well, the only thing that um, I don't know much about music as far as keys and so forth, but um, the thing that bothered me was the balance of the song. It's like, okay, fine. You know what? You're going to bring your fiance. You're going to. You know, you're gonna just go with your gut. You're gonna you bring your fiance up there for a, a duet. It was yeah. a very unbalanced song. I mean, like he was a backup singer, and and Kurt was the showcase. And fine, I understand you want to give him time. You you want to show everybody how wonderful he is. I get that, but find something that you know doesn't put you in the back and him and like more balance to it. I agree, but it was fun and it did get people going. Yeah. I I I think they were really struggling. I don't know why they were really struggling, but they must have been to come up with this duet selection. (laughs) Like, 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 I don't know what the struggle was because I feel like they've done done better duets. Yeah, seriously. I and I I totally agree with you on the on the song selection in this episode, Ed. I I didn't really care for any of the songs. Um, Yeah, Girls on Film was fun, but it kind of felt. It didn't have any place in that moment. Um, you know, No Time at All was like not what you actually would have performed there, except that I guess because it's kind of cross-generational in lyrically, or at least it can play that way, um, I, I, I kind of at least got it. Glitter in the Air is like, I, I only know that's a pink song because I know it's a pink song, but it's doesn't, it was just kind of boring. I don't know. And American Girls just seemed kind of out of nowhere. And I agree. Uh, I liked Pompeii more when it was a fun song. Um, it, it just kind of... None of these really were that When was it ever a fun song? They all sound like fun. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought you, fun, like, no, I thought you meant like enjoyable. Basile, Basile is the... I do is like the, is the in between of Imagine Dragons and fun. and fun, yeah. Well, totally, totally. <laughs> it's the they're the they're the, the in between. That's, that's, the, the, that's their brand. Is they're not either. They're in, <laughs> they're in the middle. Yeah, they're, they're Imagine Dragons without the sci-fi drum in the back of every song, <laughs> and they are fun. 
without the fun. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, let's take a listen to Glitter in the Air since we went ahead and discussed it all of that time. We might as well take a listen to Glitter in the Air. Um, Glitter in the Air. <laughs> here is, here is uh, Glitter in the Air as performed by Leah Michelle here on the Gleeful Podcast. A lover with just your hands Close your eyes and trust it Just trust it Have you ever thrown A fistful of glitter in the air? Have you ever looked fear in the face And said I just don't care It's only half past The point of no turn The tip of the iceberg The sun before the burn The thunder before the lightning And the breath before the phrase Have you ever felt this way? Uh, it is worth noting that on her um, on her Twitter, Leah Michelle, when she was recording the song, said she was finally recording her favorite Pink song. Um, but yeah, so the story of Rachel Berry. So, so is this why uh, Rachel Berry can't pick good songs for her album? <laughs> it's, it's definitely a little silly of a song. Um, so, <laughs> like, like uh, to comment on Pink, even though whatever, even though we shouldn't, uh, like somewhere after. The commercial failure that was Try This and the reemergence of I'm Not Dead as a successful pop record, Pink lost genuineness in her musical craft. Fun fact. Fun fact. Interesting. <laughs> Fun facts by Ed. <laughs> well, the story of Rachel Berry in this episode, she was sent a writer to help her deliver, develop a TV show. Uh, this does never happen. Uh, she was also sent a writer who has no social skills and is really strange and yet works in television also never happens. Uh, that re- that writer, however, uh, was portrayed by a fantastic actress, which does happen, uh, Kristen Schaal. But anyway, uh, so they ended up developing a script, which was crazy and kind of a weird girls parody, which uh, I think it's Kay in the chat room has pointed out. Uh, and then they... they Rachel performs this song and Kristen Schaal totally gets it and writes a show based on her and they send it to the network and they get picked up literally the same day. If you notice what outfit she's wearing, it is literally the same day. They get the call from the network that they're going to greenlight a pilot. I know Jennifer's. If you're not watching the video, you wouldn't know Jennifer's currently patting my shoulder yeah. with tenderness because she knows I'm dying inside. Uh, is that what happened with you and Zombiewood Pines? Though? Yes, every time, everything oh, I've ever written. Everything this is just, exactly what half happens. the TV shows is smaller. <laughs> Josh totally, Burnell originals. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Based on I can't lives, get my apparently. agent to call me as fast as they got to pick up for that pilot. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so yes, we, we do have a, uh, uh, so the Rachel story in this one, I, I'll go ahead and start. I hated this. I hated every freaking second of it. I felt it was disingenuous. I felt that it was, um, unbelievable. Like it wasn't entertaining. I did not find Kristen Schaal entertaining and it's hard for me to not find Kristen Schaal entertaining. I mean, she's freaking Bob's Burgers. Like, 
Louise, like one Louise. of the greatest Come on. animated characters. Jennifer ever. was Louise for Halloween. Like I, I, I we saw Kristen Shaw live. Good one. I love her. She was horrible in this episode. I didn't understand the angle of her character. I didn't understand the jokes. I didn't get what she was trying to do. Well, um, the, the this whole thing just didn't. It didn't feel true. And then it didn't feel true to Rachel. Like Rachel as a character for five seasons has been, I want to be on Broadway. I want to be the queen of Broadway my entire life since I was born of two gay dads that work for NASA um, is is to be on Broadway. And now that I have Broadway, I want a pilot. And I want to leave Broadway. It just, I understand that that's the way human beings are. I i feel genuinely betrayed by this entire plot line. I find it insulting that I have rooted for this person for so long that I want them to have what they want. And it's the second they get it, they are leaving to do something else. That and that she always, she wastes no opportunity to tell us she does eight shows a week. And yet she always seems to find time to do a million. Yeah, she always says time. Like, it's very impressive. It's impressive. (laughs) I hated everything about the Rachel Berry plotline. Jennifer, Rachel Berry in this episode. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, so there's really not a lot more I can contribute to what Josh already said. <laughs> I mostly feel the same way. Maybe not as uh, passionately. passionately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we... now, so the, you feel the same way Josh does minus the betrayal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Actually, the betrayal is what I feel. I uh, do. So I do minus feel the, the soul crushing uh, injury. So just yes. <laughs> including the betrayal. But you know, watching <laughs> you go through that, it's like I live it too, so oh, aw. But um no, I just I yeah, I, I, I do still struggle with the way this is going. And I know it's going that way and I and, and actually somebody <clears throat> even pointed out in the chat room and I apologize. It happened so long ago and I don't have my glasses on, but I caught some of it. Um they're like, This is actually the Leah Michelle story, you know. She started out on Broadway. She you know, was Broadway child actress for True. years and years and years and then she she, you know, had Spring Awakenings, did that and then she goes to LA and now she's on a sitcom and so I understand that there are parallels in that. Um I still just want next season just to be her show. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I take that back. I don't know what I want. But um, season is kinda, that, so se- this season has kind of left yourself. me with, you know, so many different feelings. But, yeah, like, the whole thing, Kristen Shaw usually love and adore her. I understand they were going for this over-the-top character who's, you know, based on so many people who are so avant-garde that, you know, people don't get them because they're artistic and if but you, yeah, they write they write commercially successful. Right, that's that the thing. Is, like, yeah, those that people make don't sense. write TV. Like, no. that's what I loved about the all of the stuff with like uh, uh, with 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 bald guy with with awesome bald guy. Give me name of Jim awesome Rash? bald guy, Jim Rash. All the stuff with Jim Rash in the last episode. Um, that that felt true because mm-hmm. that was like, hey, these this is what people actually are like in this, just right. amped up and tweaked for comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, if she had somebody coming in who just sat there and was like, no, that won't work, the network won't like it. Well, right. that won't work, the network won't like it. Yeah. And then turns out a script that it's isn't like, funny. That's interesting, but, but that's not... But instead, it's this weird avant-garde thing that, like, yeah. no one... That doesn't exist. Yeah, so I, I felt like it was a little too over the top. And like I do adore her. Like, I loved her on 30 Rock, and I love her and everything else I've seen. 
but I just like this particular character I felt like they just I don't know it's almost like they abused their power with her <laughs> like they they you know they they went for the easy jokes and I don't know like it was just it didn't make sense and yes I I still do feel that you know I would I would love to see Rachel do more and more Broadway I just it doesn't doing the TV thing is just I know that's where it's going. Yeah, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't feel real. And yeah. well, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't accept that this is Rachel's new dream. Now we need her to commit to this dream. But that's well, the thing. Like, th- I need Rachel as an audience member that's followed her for this many years. I need Rachel to tell me that this is her new dream. Right. She doesn't seem. She just keeps saying like, "No, I want it because I can have it." She's not saying I want it because like Rachel never wanted the things that she could have easily. She she wanted Broadway. She was a small town girl in Lima, uh, yeah. Lima Ohio with two gay dads that work for NASA yeah. that she wanted to be in Broadway. She's never told us why this is important. And the other thing, too, if you think back to her meeting with Richard Klein, he's like, OK, you know, you're you're fantastic. We love you. You're great. What do you want to do? Well, you know, I do Broadway for a while. You know, this is my dream. I love this. Well, you know, yeah, but what else? What else? Oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, go to Hollywood, do TV or movie. You know, it was so dragged out of her. So not really her idea. She isn't like, I like if there was a steely eyed, fierce determination that. Yeah, exactly. like, Like, I thought I wanted Broadway, but you know what? I see the silver screen and (laughs) baby, I'm coming. Yeah. And it's like the only reason she got kind of amped up about it was because somebody said, oh, no, 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 sweetie, not that face. No. (laughs) Okay, fine. Anytime somebody says no, you you get a little more fire in your belly and you, you try a little harder. And but yeah, you're right. We've never actually seen her kind of sit down or break down and say, yeah, this you know, this has been fantastic, and wow, maybe it wasn't quite what I thought it was, and you know, but maybe I thought that this would lead to other things, and I want those other things now. Or something. Yeah. It, it, it's true. I mean, I, I think, like you know, as we play armchair care, armchair quarterback, if this were like a TV show or a movie, let's say that rather it is that it isn't a movie, it's that they're doing a new version of Funny Girl, like they're doing Funny Girl the movie, and that she's like. I'm going to go get that. Or that Barbara Streisand, let's say Barbara Streisand, her idol is casting a new film and that Rachel is like, I need this. Like, I know that my dream was to be on Broadway, but this is my new dream and I'm going to attack it. But yeah, the, the key is that she has not done anything for this. She's just letting it happen to her. And that's really annoying. Yeah. And that's just not Rachel. That's not the Rachel we know. Yeah. No, I mean, the the girl who used to post daily YouTube videos of herself my performing yes. nightly. Yeah, Night, yeah totally, my, totally. MySpace my videos. Oh. <laughs> I I still think, like, one, one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful, beautifully heartbreaking lines in the pilot is when she says, being a part of something that is special makes you special. Like, she's a person that, like, she used to be a person that just wanted to be a part of things that were important. And she was but, but willing then, to she, sacrifice all for that. got to her head, and now she's now she's yeah. like, by by virtue of me being there, it is therefore important. Yeah, you're yeah. totally right. It's totally flipped. It's yeah, it's frustrating. And the thing is, it's like <clears throat> we know there's not going to be any, you know, 
I don't know, dose of reality to, yeah. to, to ground her. And it's like, you know, she is, she is a character losing Finn, I'm sure, is devastating. And I, I, I'm sure as an actress, losing her boyfriend was even more devastating. And, and But after a while, it's like, okay, you know, your, your wins are not making sense anymore. Oh, you yeah. know, to to make up for that. Well, they're not they're not earned. Like her wins are not being earned, and because they're not being earned, we just kind of go. Eh. I mean, it's it's kind of horrible to say, but like it, I don't really like Rachel anymore. It's hard to root like, for her. It's I so loved hard. her, and, and uh, yeah, I don't root for her because yeah. it's been a long time since she had to freaking work. Yeah, and. It's and that was why we loved Rachel. I always say the reason that you love Rachel is that scene in like first or it was like I think it was episode three or four where she's on the freaking treadmill and she's got a sign at the end of the treadmill that says regionals and she's driving yeah. towards that sign and she's like everything is on that sign and I was like this is my character yeah. this is the character I'm gonna go to war with it's now. She doesn't try for anything. The most she's done was she got on a plane and tried to make it in time for an audition in Los Angeles. And then everything blew up in her face. She had to be saved by her friends. Yeah. That, that you know. Yeah. And, and her boss didn't fire her when he said he when wanted he to. When he should have. Yeah. Right. I and mean. wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. when he tells her to her face, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to love her right now. And I want to love her. She's, I mean, yeah. And we'll talk a uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we think season six is going to be in a minute. But before we do that, uh, w- they wrapped up the episode with Pompeii, and we'll take a listen to Pompeii. But uh, during the big wrap of Pompeii, this is this was the hardest part of the episode for me. So obviously this was a 22 episode season, which got cut to 20 episodes, uh, ostensibly because the ratings have been worse than they've ever been. Every episode is the worst rated episode of Glee, which is kind of hard, kind of harsh. Uh, but so they keep, you know, they got cut back two episodes. So I would say that's probably why Naya Vera wasn't in the episode. She probably made plans or mm-hmm. wasn't contracted to be in the episode. And then it became the finale. And now, crap we have you know she's not going to be there and we have to figure out what we're going to do but this episode definitely felt like it had a tacked on ending to the point where when they go outside to see the bus and they see sam on the side of the bus and then they cut over to rachel and rachel's like wow we're all kind of going our separate ways I had no idea where they were going and I still don't apparently like within the context of that moment, Rachel was saying, if my show gets picked up, I might go to new to Los Angeles, which Mercedes is leaving and Mercedes is going on tour, tour. but then I don't know. Like, so are Blaine and Kurt staying in New York? As far as I know, well, what she said is we're all going to be scattered because it came after Sam said, Oh, I got what I oh, wanted. Oh, Sam's going home. Yeah, he's like, "Yep, going back to Ohio. That's where I belong." That was so weird. And it was kind of like, you know, I just—it's like everything is just like, like everybody's so jaded and unaffected by things. It's kind of like, "Yep, <laughs> that's me on a bus." Yay! I'm so excited. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like this short attention span generation or something but it's like it's like oh look i got this shiny new okay i'm bored now i guess i'll go back they're like i'm successful <laughs> check done yeah yeah so so yeah. yeah so rachel is going to los angeles mercedes is going on tour yeah uh 
Sam is going back to Ohio. I don't know why. Oh, um, he should have been singing that Pretender song. Going back to Ohio. <laughs> wow. Um, and then I guess My Finn and or I, I, Finn and I guess Kurt and Blaine are going to stay in New York. Yeah, well, and she then, just said they were scattered. Uh, well, I, I, felt, I felt like the best implication you could have for this is that that one of off screen. Well, I'm oh god, this is fan fiction land for real. Off screen. <laughs> One of her friends was like, "You're gonna do something in, in L.A. and we want you yeah. in that and or something like that." Well, it ended so <laughs> abruptly. All we're left with is our imaginations yeah. and fan fiction. Oh, and then Artie, in the blanks. Artie seemed to insinuate he was going to Los Angeles because he said, "Like I'm going where you guys are going," or something like, "We're gonna keep this together." And then like, I still want a job. Well, there's film, exactly. there's film schools in L.A. Yeah. And oh, then really? it all kind of, they snuck couple. in, they snuck a in a line kind of in the middle where they said, let's meet back in this spot in six months. Which is a very weird, I'm like, um, if you're all moving, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they're all moving. See, that's the thing. I'm okay, so well, confused. See, see, I'm assuming see, that, go ahead. Oh, see, to me, that that is <laughs> the opening of season six is them yes. back at that six spot. Months. Yeah. Rachel being like, I got the pilot and... And your guy's going to be in it, and let's go. Rah, <laughs> yeah. Forget, forget, forget Whoopi Goldberg and, and Niata. Let's all throw it away together. Yeah. 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 I'm going to prove her wrong. And, and, and Blaine will be a huge star because June nothing. made it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Kurt will be on his ump. He'll be back yeah. at Vogue. And, the, okay, and so Artie will be a director. And, and back to Santana. And I get it. Okay, fine. Naya Rivera couldn't be there. I get that. But... Okay, last season, I'm sorry, last season, last episode, she is now her own PR machine. Machine. You know, again, somebody should be behind the scenes, but, you know, no, she's going to be, you know, stylists are supposed to be known by name. Fashion designers are supposed to be known by name. PR people, no. They're they're not (laughs) supposed to, you're not supposed to know them. But, okay, so fine. If they had said, oh, you know, she's, she's, you know, going somewhere to do something and she's, you know, she's got a new client and they've got her doing, you know, um, whatever, like scandal type, you know, fix it work <laughs> in LA or somewhere. You're like, saying, you're saying that the, uh, yeast stat commercial was not a good alibi. No, <laughs> no, fine. That's, that's, you know, she, I'm sure she has a, um, you know, a contract to do X number of commercials, but it's just like, no, at least keep the storylines going in a forward, consistent motion. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry. It's a freaking episode. Did I just like <laughs> poke more bubbles? It's a freaking episode. No, I just, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. She's not there. Just, you know, at least be, at least be consistent yeah. and forward thinking in your own stories. Exactly. I totally agree. All right. Well, so that's season five. That's all I have on this episode. You guys got anything else on this episode? Happy summer, everybody. Yeah. Well, and the show's not even coming back in the fall. It's a mid-season replacement. So it's going to be a while. So my question is now, Jennifer. Hold on. How could this... This is a mid-season replacement? So Glee is coming back. Supposedly, it's not slated on the fall. They haven't scheduled it. And so it's slated to be coming oh, back. Oh, so, so it's replacement. not going to be the twenty-four episodes, is what you're saying. I don't know that. Probably. I just know that they. Yeah, but I mean, it is not currently on, on the fall schedule. Based on normal facts of things, yes. 
But they were at the upfronts. Darren Chris was the hit of the upfronts. Of course he was. He's adorable. He's freaking Blaine Anderson. Of course he's the the hit of... No, I mean, Blaine Anderson aside, Darren Chris is adorable. And just... (laughs) Yeah. So, so Jennifer, I'm going to start with you. Season six... Give me your one minute. Oh, what do you think God. we're going to get for the final season of Glee? <sighs> Fine. Okay. They, they meet six months later in that same spot in New York. And most of them have already migrated to L.A. because they're so dang successful and lucky and all that stuff all at once. <laughs> um and I think the only missing piece is to drag Kurt and Blaine back there. And it's going to be basically what they're doing in New York, but in L.A. And it's like, you know, friends, but successful. <laughs> Interesting. So the, so the latter half of friends. The lat- <laughs> no. And, and, okay, so seriously, I think it's going to be a continuation of this half season. I think it's going to be this half season. But New location, yes. Ed, season six, what do you think? Um, Rachel does a bunch of... She, she films several pilots, fail, one failing after another. <laughs> and then and the season finale, she finds ones that work, and then that's when the spinoff, the Rachel Berry show, is created. Interesting, ah. interesting. Okay, so I'm going to go with, I think, so there's <laughs> something we haven't really mentioned, which actually, yeah, Alexandra just picked up on the same thing I was going to say. Um, the, yeah. the, something we haven't mentioned is that in that final montage, mm-hmm. it looked like Sam was back in McKinley. Yeah. So I think season six is going to be Sam goes back to McKinley, becomes Mr. Schuster. Yep. And that the season is going to be everyone going to Ohio to try to make the Glee Club win nationals one last time. I think they're going to go take a no, huge step back. No, they are not. That is yeah. the, that is the worst. No, they're not. That's they horrible. I honestly, I think what's going to happen is they're going to meet back in six months. Everyone's going to be successful. Darren's going to be touring the world as a singer. Uh, Rachel is going to have a TV show in Los Angeles. Uh, I think that Mercedes is going to have a huge record. That uh, Artie is going to have to is going to have moved to Los Angeles to work on the show. And I honestly think we're going to get that reality show that they talked about. In um, you remember when they first talked about how they were going to split the show between Lima and New York, and there was a big thing where they said, "Well, we might." Intru- or there was a rumor that they were going to introduce a reality show element to follow that was going to tie the two oh. halves together. And I think that's what they're going to do for season six. They're going to introduce this reality show element. Artie's going to direct it, and it's going to be tying together the Lima, Ohio Glee Club and Rachel's TV show. Which, I, which I think sounds like horrible television. Yeah, I mean, if they had if they had done that from the start, at least maybe we'd get it. But I can't understand how they're going to go back to Lima because we didn't really care for the two point We didn't really miss them. I mean, Ew. I feel bad. Trust me, I do feel bad. 
the way they just kind of got dumped like that and forgotten. You have like you're you have like guilt 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have survivor's guilt. It's you true. Have survivor guilt. It's true. I just, but I do. Hilarious. I feel like I I should have remembered them, but anytime. I don't. But I do look back with some fondness. Not a lot. I mean, not enough to have kept me watching. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and what Alexander is saying is like, you know, Sam is becoming Finn. And, and I totally felt that, too. I felt like, okay, you know, she was setting up Finn to take care of the, you know, Glee Club and yeah. mentor them. And, and I, I get that. I just don't think that I don't think the two worlds can exist. Because like I said before, I felt like in the first half of the season, they were so split in their efforts that they did neither side justice. Like they needed to commit to one or the other, right or wrong, just do it. And they did. They committed to New York. Obviously, this group works better. I think they just need to focus on that. So an interesting question. Can you think of another show that has changed its identity as dramatically as Glee has multiple times? I mean... You're arguably season six of Glee. If they go to Los Angeles and it does seem like the rumor is that they're going to spend a large portion of the season in Los Angeles or at least start in Los Angeles. This is going to be what the fourth version of Glee that we've had. We had the original, we had OG Glee back at McKinley. Then we had split Glee between McKinley and New York. And then we had all New York Glee, and mm-hmm. now we're, we would have all LA Glee. I can't think of another show that yeah. has dramatically reinvented itself this many times. There's a version of season six. <laughs> Again, Tuck. Yeah, Nip Tuck's on the list. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, there's a version of this show, which I also thought about mentioning, but I really don't want to think of, where all of season six is just Rachel Berry. I could see that happening, where the in, the entirety of season six is the Rachel Berry on television story, and the other yeah, but, characters but, are just but, showing but, up but I don't to care tell about her, her how character. she's doing. I, I think the problem is we don't care about her character anymore. Yeah, I mean, right. she's... she's. But I could see that happen. But she's proven to us that she's not a good person anymore. She creates a fake charity just to <laughs> get some good publicity. I, I almost, even when it backfires, almost... she still comes out on top. <laughs> I want to fail upwards as well as she does. Seriously. Ed, what you say? I said I almost would rather just just have all the same actors and just... Start anew. Just, 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 <laughs> just have them be struggling kids from various parts of the Midwest that just show up in LA. They haphazardly become roommates, and and they underdog their way to the top. <laughs> I mean, God, could you imagine if? Season six, they essentially play out the story they'd always rumored they were going to play where Rachel becomes a big Broadway star and Finn takes over the Glee Club and then they reunite in the final moments, but they just do it with Sam. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> it can't be Rachel and Sam. It can't. It, it I mean, they've would never talked work. about that already. No, it, it, it would never work. No. Yeah. And if, yeah. The <sighs> thing is, it's just even hard to imagine, you know, Rachel with anybody at that point i mean because if it's it can't be somebody they know because it's just it's just too contrived and there's you know making relationships out of you know existing people in the group we've seen doesn't work yeah you know 
Well, there are definitely quiet conversations about what we're going to do with Glee. Yeah. Uh, and there, and there's going to be a lot of them. And I, I can see, you know, I mean, obviously if the ratings are this poor, even if they keep it on, on the air, the budget is going to get slashed tremendously. Which means well, uh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, fewer locations. First, I was upset that it was a mid-season replacement, potentially. But now I'm like, you know, they they need time. Yeah. They need time to think. I'd like yeah. to. Yeah. More I, time. I think that's a good. They point. need a year. They need a year off. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like start. the thing is, it's like I've I've had these expectations before with shows that I've loved from the beginning, and 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 struggled but stuck with through the middle, and it's like when they knew that they had an ending point. I've always told myself out. it's okay. It's okay because <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, any of the craziness and, you know, the uncertainty and all the disappointment of this past season or two or three doesn't matter. Cause it's all going to pay off because they know they have exactly this many episodes to do mm. the right thing. And I can only think of shows that did not take advantage of that. <laughs> Every time I've been disappointed, <laughs> and I and I still will defend these shows because what they brought from the beginning was so wonderful and magical, and still is unparalleled. Like Lost and Scrubs, and who else has let me down? Josh, come on. Uh, those are the first two that came yeah, to my mind as well. Nip Tuck. Well, no, Nip Tuck never really had that. They always kind of one but, more, one more because yeah. FX needed them. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Um, that's about that's about <laughs> all I have to say about this episode. Jennifer, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Ed, any final thoughts on season five? Um, uh, n- no, not particularly. I, I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm I don't know. It's hard to be optimistic. It's hard to be optimistic after this season. We're, it is. We're with you. I I will. I promise to be optimistic with you. We'll do this together. Hey. Uh, uh, virtually holding hands. It's like we always did. I used to have this exact same problem with uh, with American Idol, where I would be, as soon as we'd reach the finale, like tonight, and we'd be doing the podcast, and I'd be like, thank God we're done with American Idol. I did this last season on Glee. Thank God we're done with Glee. And then I see that first promo, and like, well, it used to be a couple months, but now it's going to be like six, six or, months. It's huh? going to be a while. But you see that first promo, and I'm like, oh, the first promo is coming back. And by the end of it, I'm like, let's go. I can't wait. It's like the Red Sox every year. They're like, hey, we're still here. <laughs> this is, actually, it's not the Red Sox anymore because the Red Sox win now. It's like the Dodgers. The Dodgers every are like, year. we're still here. We promise to get you we're to go- the playoffs. We got our crap together this year. I promise. We're going to do good. I was thinking more the Godfather. They keep dragging me back. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's time I pull myself <laughs> out. They bring me back in. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I have something funny, funny, ironic to say, but I don't remember what it was. It was hilarious. Just, everyone laugh. I want to laugh right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, that's awesome. That was a good one. That was a good one. If you'd I like to weigh on, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail dot com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. You can visit the website at GleefulPodcast.com and go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast and find us there. Uh, we're going to take some time off, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take some time off and we'll try to get in some you know, off-season podcasts in the coming uh, weeks or months. But, um, you know, keep us, uh, keep us in your thoughts and email I, us I think, if you I have think our next episode, say. since let's 
let's plan for whenever we do that. Let's do uh, each of us come up with our top five songs of season five. Yeah, we can we can look okay. back at season five. That'd be fun. It might be easier, you know. Take a in take a week or two. Yeah, exactly. Respect. But, exactly. but but uh, find the good. People could send in their top fives uh, under hashtag Glee Five. There you go. There you That's go. easy. Glee Five, Glee Season Five, Top Five of Season Five. Five of Five. Good. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's for the num- that's the number that's the number five. So you get more characters for your songs. For the there record. you go. <laughs> uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. And um, last week, when I when I was watching Survivor at work, uh, when Spencer won immunity, I clapped so hard that I set off the alarm at work, like. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not joking. I literally like I clapped and I like made out an audible like yelp of joy when sensor one immunity. <laughs> I literally set off the alarm. I was like, "Wow!" Okay. So, so you also joy- told everybody at work you were watching Survivor. Well, no, everyone, I know everyone knows. They don't. They know. Like someone like tried to have the Pacers on one night on Survivor, and I, I'm like, uh-uh. This is this is changing now. <laughs> this is changing now. <laughs> like I don't I don't care about your pacers or your wizards. I don't you could have it the other four nights. I request this time now. <laughs> Good for I you. Kinda, I guess no, that kind of makes you a kind of makes you a bitch, I guess. But um uh the so join join me on Wednesday in either joyous triumph that Spencer pulls it out and wins Survivor Kagayan or or like hilariously terrible defeat when I cry that he loses. He has a good shot. <laughs> okay. He really has a good shot. He really does. But I things need to line up for him. And Jean Irene is on the cusp, on the precipice of winning American Idol, and she deserves it. Caleb does not. Fun fact. Okay. Have a nice night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. And the walls kept tumbling down. Close your eyes.